Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Does she do much after this film? Well, she's still alive. I mean, acting. <laughs> Not just. Oh, hi, Luke. Do you want to judge Carolyn Minot for us? Is that what you're doing here? <laughs> no, I'm saying like, did, did, was this like? I know I was going to use an example of the example wasn't a good example. I was like, did she just like hang up her her acting coat at this point, being like, I've. Yes, she had just gotten into acting. She was like middle age, wanted to try something new, which,、uh, according to Greg Sestero, is why Tommy kind of treated her nicely, even though he was kind of mean to everyone else, is because they were similar. They were older and got into acting. But yeah, the, she had done. She was in an episode of what's called "That's My Bush." Is that what it's called? I never watched it, so I don't remember the exact title. But she was an episode of that, and then she was in this, and like that's it. I think. I think those are only credits on IMDb. I'm just checking now. You're never too old. No, no. I think of people like is it?、Uh, what's the what's the Morgan Freeman didn't start acting till he was like in his forties. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he's still act. I mean, now he's in like his eighties, but he doesn't look that old. So he's still doing great. Yeah, all, all it says is yeah, that's my bush. The room crisis line, and then the room actors. Where are they now?、Yeah. Which doesn't really count. No, because that's them playing parody versions of themselves for this. Anyway, we're talking about minute seventy-five of the room, listeners. Seventy-five minutes in, and Claudette arrives to learn Lisa some life lessons. Basically, I don't think you've even said hi to each other yet, have you? <laughs> no, no. Oh, hi, Ralph. Oh, hi, Allison. <laughs> and oh, hi, listeners. We start this minute with the one thousand block of California in San Francisco. The next day, which I got to read my notes because I was doing these notes in order and. Thinking they're already on the day of the party, and the editing is fucking that up. Because I'm like, it's fucking daytime again. What the fuck is happening? More shit I gotta fix in the editing. Johnny comes out of the storage room eating something—a bagel. Lisa's sitting in the chair, her outfit from yesterday. Ugh, this scene already happened. At least the mistake is obvious. It's morning. Johnny's heading to work, and Lisa's got coffee. The setup should happen after this. The broom is even leaning against the couch. Rant done. No, that's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> good to point it out. Yeah, Lisa's sitting there in the chair in her outfit from yesterday. Johnny comes in. I'm pretty sure he's eating a bagel. She's got coffee, and he says, "Bye, Lisa." And innocent Johnny, you know, just leans in and kisses her on the cheek and goes off to his last day of life. It's, oh, it's great. <laughs> that's depressing. It's a bittersweet little moment. And then we get our third camera angle for this scene as he opens the door to leave, and Claudette is there, and he hugs and kisses her, and I'm like, "Aw." Johnny loves Claudette. So sad. Well, and Claudette kind of loves Johnny too. So they really should hook up. <laughs> If he wasn't going to shoot himself, he's got someone he could hook up with instead of Lisa. They're probably、Aww. closer in age than him and Lisa as well. Shh, Johnny's like twenty-five. It's fine. <laughs> Can I just say? I forgot to say last last episode when they're running. It's so clear the age difference between Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero. Oh yeah, yeah. 
It's 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 like a guy out jogging with like his dad or his boss or someone. Like it, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't seem like two people who would normally go out jogging really. <laughs> Which is know. funny because Tommy and Greg would go out jogging and playing football in the park. But yeah, they they got together because an acting class. It's their age their age difference was irrelevant mm. in that situation. Do do we officially know how old Tommy Wiseau is? Because I think there's an age. Yes, I, an official age. I believe his birthday on IMDb is now correct. Check. When did he open up about that? Uh, he did not. The guy who made no, I forgot his name. The guy who made Room Full of Spoons, the documentary that you can't see because he's still never got a distributor after getting sued a few times and kept out of film festivals, went and found Tommy's family. Cool. His birthday is October third, nineteen fifty-five. So. The time this movie is made, he is 50-ish. Math is hard. He's older than my dad. He would have turned 50 in 2005, so. And Greg is born in 1978. Yeah, so 23-year difference between those two. And Juliet is uh, even younger. So in terms of Tommy then, like, if that guy did track down his family, like, so does that mean there is someone else who, like, knows a good few things about Tommy? Well, if you can find, I need to, I wish I could find that guy or the documentary and talk to him because he interviews relatives in Poland, I believe it is, and finds out stuff about Tommy and where he's actually from. Do we and know then, his actual surname? Because <laughs> it's not supposed to. Probably. Play. It's not Wiseau. Wiseau is one he made up when he was in San Francisco. And we do know from the disaster artist that his real first name is probably Pierre. Although Greg is a little coy about whether he's making up a name for him or if that's his real name. Is the guy who made the documentary, like, hard to come by then? He'd probably do an interview or something. I just haven't found him. I think his problem is he doesn't have social media, is what I found, I think, was his the problem with him. Anyway, back to the minute. Back to the Johnny minute. says hi to Claudette and then bye, because he's leaving. Claudette's coming in. Oh, hi, Colin. Oh. Bye. Hi. And we get a little bit of the Lisa and Claudette conversation. Hello, oh, Mom. How are you? I'm okay. okay. How are you? Lisa says, I'm, I'm fixing, fixing the apartment, apartment for Johnny's birthday, birthday, but I'm really, I'm really not, not into, into it. it. And Claudette says, Oh, why not? Lisa, because I'm, I'm in, in love with Mark, Mark not Johnny. Johnny. And here yeah, I am planning his party. Exposition. Yeah. And repeated exposition. Yeah, pointless exposition. We've already had this conversation between these two people. Mm. And Claudette says it's not it's right, not Lisa. It's not right, Lisa. I still think you should marry Johnny. Now, you can't live on love. You need financial security. When is her mum going to understand that she doesn't want to marry Johnny? Never, probably. But by later tonight, it won't matter anyway. Spoilers. Lisa says, but, but I'm, I'm not, not happy. happy. He, he still thinks, thinks I'm going to marry him, him next, next month. month. He's a fool. And in my notes, I wrote here, Claudette, don't give a fuck. She is like, whatever. Claudette says, you, you expect, expect to be happy. happy. I, I haven't been happy, been happy since, since I married my, my first husband. husband. <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't even want to marry your father. Your father. <laughs> Claudette's story is so awesome. I would love to hear. Just, I want a little short film just about Claudette because she has had all those men. She's had fights with her brother over a house. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That's That's what the sequel should be about. Or a prequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prequel. We'll get Julia Daniel to play her younger Claudette. And Tommy could play... That would, oh, that'd be weird. I was going to say he could play uh, Lisa's father, but uh, maybe play Claudette's first husband. He's old enough to be Lisa's father. <laughs> yes, he is. Anyway, notes for a midnight screening. Notes 
Welcome to the Midnight Screening. You got some fun ones in this minute. When we get the shot of the street, we go, the next day! And throughout this minute, you get several people screaming spoons. You get spoons thrown throughout this minute, because almost every shot of Lisa has that one picture of spoons in the background on the table. And we get some uh, great misogyny from the audience, because when Claudette says, Now you can't live on love. You need financial security. The audience says, because you're a woman. (laughs) And when Claudette's last line says, You expect to be happy. I haven't been happy since I married my first husband. I didn't even want to marry your father. Because you're a woman. Uh, so, yeah, it's misogyny and spoons in this minute. Good times. I think, yeah, misogyny and spoons, they're the sort of things that make a great minute. And there's our title. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have for this minute. Anything I else? Think that's it. Then it is now Friday. So we have, um, well... I guess we can still do bad movie of the oh, week, heck. even though I think I think we peaked with things, but we could still do it if you've got something for us. Um, I mean, I've I've seen movies that are a bit bad. If I just think for a moment, uh, I'll come up with something. Hang on, I'll just. Oh my god! Yes, this is the professional. <laughs> I, I knew I was. Right. This came by so quickly. Um, I'm just shining a torch to the other end of my room where I've got a my shelf of DVDs. <laughs> I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. Actually, I've I've got one to offer because I think this is actually worth watching. Okay. Hooker with a hacksaw. All right, time to Google it. It's directed by um, it's the guy that made Shark Exorcist, which I have talked about on this show before, which is awful. Hooker with a hacksaw is also occasionally awful. There are some disgusting things that happen in this film. As you could guess from the is title. Is the director Donald Farmer? Yes, Donald Farmer, who also made Cannibal Cop and Shark Exorcist and some other movies I haven't seen yet, but I'm looking for him. This movie is disgusting and over the end credits or under the end credits repeats one of the disgusting moments, which involves intestines, just cause. I'm not, I'm not going to describe it because that would be. I'm wrong. just going to try and find out whether it's available in the UK and if it is. It's on Amazon Prime, so maybe. But the, the the good thing about this movie, though, is it deals with PTSD and trauma better than, like, most horror films. The titular hooker is actually having a hard time with the fact that, like, she got attacked and that she killed someone. And when she kills someone else, she has a hard time with that. And she, like, has a panic attack in the middle of the movie that was done really well. And I'm like, there's two segments of this movie that don't fit together. Like, the weird, graphic, bizarre degrading torture scenes and the woman dealing with ptsd scenes that shouldn't be in the same film and i think it's actually worth watching for that because it it's it's an interesting fit yeah i'm just i'm still trying to find whether it's here in the i've never been in the uk but i assume that you can get movies on youtube like you can in the u.s and so is it on youtube it's available you know how like you can buy or rent oh pay for, buy it on youtube for two bucks you can rent it oh that's a good price i'm a cheapskate I would recommend you don't watch it when your parents are around, Luke, if you're going to watch it. It's 16 plus, so I can officially watch it without feeling bad. Which is weird, because that's not a UK age. Oh, no, you'll feel bad. (laughs) You'll feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Not as bad as if you watched Donald Farmer's previous film, Shark Exorcist, but close. Okay, so any warning moments if I sit and watch it and my parents happen to walk in? Anything I should be aware of (laughs) content-wise? 
Well, when the end credits roll, you just go ahead and turn it off because you're just going to see one of the scenes you've already been horrified by again. You'll know. If she's about to kill someone, you might want them to walk in because it's a couple of those kills that are particularly weirdly sexually graphic. Yeah, okay. It it, it is kind of weird. I mean, you you saying like sort of weirdly sexual, like I'm I'm thinking in my mind, imagining probably a lot worse, like the sort of Jennifer's body style. As in, it's probably much worse than Jennifer's body, but that sort of idea of the sexuality around the violence where it doesn't really make sense. But it is... I could I could just tell you. Sure. The woman is barely a hooker. She usually is a phone sex operator. But the first time she goes to actually get paid to do something for a guy at his place, he makes her sit on the face of his dead mother's skeleton. Oh God. Yeah, that's the first one. <laughs> the first. But you don't see you don't see much. It's more the idea. It's like what the fuck. But then later in the movie, she cuts a guy open, pulls out his intestines, and essentially you get what would be a hand job, but it's with intestines. And that's the scene that they repeat under the end credits. And I'm like, why are you repeating this? And it's... it's... I think my watching of this depends on how truly long lockdown is. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how long do you think it'd have to go for you to watch it? Hmm, I don't know. I've... See, see, me, I have... Not only did I seek out these movies, I own... What are they called? I own a six-movie DVD set called Depraved Degenerates, which has six low-budget horror films on it. I have one called Mental Maniacs and one called... Fatal Femmes. I haven't watched any of the movies on the second two. I just got them. I feel like I've heard of Fatal Femmes. I don't know. I've heard of like Femi Fatale or... Well, yeah, it's based on that. But this uh, this isn't the name of a movie. This is six different movies are on this disc, this set. Suburban Sasquatch, which I have talked about on the show, is on Depraved Degenerates. And it's not even that depraved. Like women who are so beautiful. Sorry, they're like fatal. Yeah. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. A femme fatale. Yeah. yeah. It's usually from like a film noir. Like it's that dangerous woman who's like, you can't help but be aroused by her, but also she's going to get you killed or she's going to kill you. Lisa is that kind of. <laughs> I'm trying to think, are there any like, I mean, of course there are, but I can't think of any like infamous bad films that are British. Um, Like they all seem to be like. Well, the thing, I don't know. I don't know if we would know because like when you talk about British films on the about time thing, often I haven't heard of most of them or I've heard of them, but I've never seen them because in order to be imported here until recently with like digital stuff, it had to be a good movie that people loved. And so bad ones we wouldn't have noticed. I can't think of any. I know there's some Canadian ones. Uh, Kathy's Curse, I believe is Canadian and that one's great. I don't know if I can think of any British films, period. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> way to tear down our country just being honest oh i'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> wait you mean the british make movies Uh-oh. what you guys have like cameras and stuff yeah here's the proper question luke name a british film that's good <laughs> well you know which I one i would british say bloggers <laughs> england's great i have to like compensate now <laughs> <laughs> it's the official stance of the room minute that all british films suck okay <laughs> Most good British films are Richard Curtis films, and I will stand by that. If you look through the, I, the best British films and then look at who's written them, he, he's surprisingly present. Probably not true, but I get your perspective. <laughs> probably, yeah, British comedies, let's say that. Comedy, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I forget other films exist. Because there's pretty like period pieces that come out that are British films mm. that are good. This is a film, but Doctor Who is amazing. I think Doctor Who is probably like the Speaking most... Speaking of Richard watched. Curtis... Yeah, there we go. There's an example. Richard Curtis wrote an episode of Doctor Who. So 
Might be one of the best. Vincent and the Doctor. Oh my god, I love that episode. Richard Curtis wrote that one. Kubrick's. British. I only learned that recently from Luke. I don't pay attention to the writers on Doctor Who. Can we can, we can we count Stanley Kubrick? He's British ish. He's yeah, and he produces his movies in England. Well, so, yeah. Produced. Yes, produced. He's dead. <laughs> Five years before I appeared. There we go. We get it. You're young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's my only okay. branding. I'm a young one. We have to keep calling by that to, to stick by <laughs> So one last time, well, for this week at least, you might be back. Who knows? Luke, where can the listeners hear more from you? My old podcast, Please Be Seated, is available on iTunes, Spotify, and all good podcast platforms. And you can find it on Twitter at Please Be Tweeted. You can find the show that I co-host with Robert, Two Minutes About Time, where we look at the Richard Curtis rom-com about time, two minutes at a time. Find that on iTunes, Spotify, and all good podcast platforms once again. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Men's About Time, and you can find us on our Facebook group, The Cupboard. You can find me on Twitter at Llama underscore Bottle Zero, on Instagram at The Ginger Loop, Facebook at Luke Allen Film, and all podcasts, short films, radio appearances, newspaper articles, anything I'm ever so slightly involved in, probably available at LukeAllen.co.uk. So he's not wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening, and remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!